as we reflect on your word, Lord, may we become more completely the place wherein your Holy Spirit makes their dwelling. Amen. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Nobody put the hand up. Before that time, maps had written on them at various places when they were charting the world the Latin phrase, ne or non plus ultra, meaning and I'm going to use that phrase a lot, so listen carefully, meaning nothing more beyond. Similarly, in the ancient world, the pillars of Hercules, two great promontories in the Straits of Gibraltar, had on them, as you left that port, non plus ultra, nothing more beyond. Declaring to sailors and explorers, Effectively, this is the end of the world. And remember, they thought, many of them, that the world was flat and therefore to get to the end of the world wasn't a place you wanted to be. So here's the sign, non plus ultra, nothing more beyond. The phrase non plus ultra was found not only on maps and ancient pillars, but also on coins. When Christopher Columbus was small in the 1470s, some Spanish and Portuguese coins had imprinted on them, ne plus ultra. It was a proud boast of the then two leading rulers of the seas and explorers of the world at that time. There's nothing more beyond where we've gone. There's nothing left to find. Completely wrongly as it turned out. Because in 1492, Columbus, we are told, discovered the new world. And by the time he died in 1506, both Spanish and Portuguese coins had been reminted and had on them plus ultra. There is something more. There is something beyond. And today, if you visit Columbus's memorial in Valladolid in Spain you'll see this uh, great piece of architecture where the words non plus ultra are written except the first word, non, is being consumed by a big lion. Leaving plus ultra, something beyond, something more. Which to this day, some of you will know, is the national motto of Spain. Three years ago, almost to the day, I preached my first sermon as your minister. Is it only three years ago, you say? It seems a lot longer than that. <laughs> and you may remember, those of you who were there, that I invited you to come and take a shell. An ancient sign of pilgrimage, this is mine from walking the Camino several years ago. And I invited you to journey with me in Christ over the next few years. How many people have still got their shell? Good on you. Today marks another new Methodist year and I want to use the sermon this morning to simply ask us how that journey is going. In terms of three years ago, are we backwards from where we were there 
or are we treading water in roughly the same place or have we actually advanced along the road? <coughs> Do we enter this new year with a spirit of plus ultra, something more, full of expectation and excitement about what the more is that God is going to do in us and with us and through us? Or do we reach this point in time with a non plus ultra mentality? I'm expecting nothing much, nothing more in terms of the height and length and breadth of God. Let me list some of the symptoms of a non plus ultra mentality to you. Has complacency with the Christian story set in? Have we become closed to being taught new things? Do we hear the scripture lessons read and after three words we say, oh, I know this one, and then we switch off? Do we sit through sermons assuming that nothing will become the new, the loud, the fresh, the necessary word to us? Do we sing love divine or love's excelling and we're on automatic pilot without considering a word of what we're actually declaring? <coughs> Do we approach the Lord's table thinking, well, it's just bread and wine again. Do we look at the many ministries in this church, our church, starting up for a new year and think to ourselves, no, I'll not bother. I'll not bother enlisting on the disciple course, attending the prayer meeting, going to the Bible study, attending Wednesday at Westminster. I won't bother learning Hebrew. I won't start a house group. I won't join the flower arranging team, even though that superintendent minister's announced it this morning. I won't join the communion team or the counting team or the bookshop team or the welcome team or the information desk and I'm certainly not helping in JC Live or the creche or YPF. I won't bother filling the vacancy that we do have regarding our welcome to refugees ministry. <coughs> I won't serve on the night shelter team. I'm not increasing my giving. I won't regularly provide more for the food bank. And I'm certainly not offering to become a church steward or a door steward. In fact, I won't take the opportunity to reaffirm my baptism next week and mark my continuing belonging to Christ, even though really deep down inside, I know it's time I should. Not to mention the wide world of noble and good causes outside the church that are crying out for followers of Christ to join in and partner and take their place. You see, it's non plus ultra. There's nothing more beyond. My Christian life of discipleship is stuck in neutral. And worst of all, I'm content it is. Or maybe not. The early disciples must have been tempted to move into non plus ultra. There is nothing more mode. There they are, listening to the Sermon on the Mount and thinking, what an amazing teacher. There's never been teaching like this. There's nothing better, nothing more than this. There they are watching as Jesus gives sight to a blind man, cures a leper and even raises Lazarus from the dead and they are totally gobsmacked in spiritual terms of course 
What an amazing healer, they say. There's nothing better and beyond this. And there they are. In the garden as he's arrested. Horrified as he's tried and beaten up and sentenced. Mortified as at a distance they see him crucified. This is the end, they think. Non plus ultra, there's nothing more. So that when women come and say, he's alive, we've seen him. At first they don't believe it, they can't believe it. And then he's there, alive, with them, again. It's amazing, they say, surely, surely there's nothing beyond this. And they're only just getting used to thinking that, that he goes again. And they're told to wait for power from on high. But in reality, it's frightened, unbold, unready disciples who were waiting in a small closed room in Jerusalem on the first day of a Christian Pentecost. They think they've received all that Jesus gave them. And they look inside and they look at each other and they know it's not enough. And then the Holy Spirit falls upon them and they are never the same again. Now they understand what Jesus meant when he said, Go, be my disciples and make disciples and I'll be with you always. When did we stop? When did we move into a non plus ultra mode of spirit? At the teaching? At the healings? At the suffering? At the cross? At the resurrection? So many of us never reach Pentecost. At some point prior to that in the story, we decide there's nothing more. Or, I want nothing more. Or, I won't seek anything more. Non plus ultra. But disciples who think that they have all that Jesus was giving them or wants to give them, discover that there is something more. Because we are actually a plus ultra people of a plus ultra God. And I urge you to devote time and prayer and effort in the next few days working out what the plus ultra of your discipleship will be this new year, this new Methodist year. Now, I do recognize that our ability to receive a message like this, this morning, is determined in large part by our circumstances. If we're struggling with illness, or living with pain, or we're of old age, or we're dealing with depression, or we're riddled with anxiety, or we're submerged at the moment in bereavement, the urge to something more is received differently by us than those of us who are feeling that God is going to call us into new things and we're up for it. 
to that one, this is a sermon of confirmation and encouragement. Get on with the something more. To others, this is a sermon that possibly frustrates or even angers us. I'm mindful that it was this equivalent service two years ago almost to the day. When I came down from this pulpit, as I will do, I promise you I'll finish in a short while, to discover that my father had died. I'm not alone in that experience, far from it. All of us know the loss of loved ones. Just last week, here we had a Thanksgiving service for one family of loved members and we're planning the funeral service of another. So I remind myself and I remind you that ours is a plus ultra faith. Not merely to urge us to greater action or deeper service, but to grasp afresh that our faith is that even death is not the end. There is something beyond. It's made possible by the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the promise of heaven. It's the gift of eternal life. And this promise, this gift, this assurance is what enables us to enter a new year of life and discipleship saying effectively, whatever our circumstances, there is something more, something beyond and I take heart and I take faith. I'm reminded of a story told by Henry Newen of twins, a sister and a brother, and they're talking to one another in the womb. The little sister says to the little brother, I believe there is life after birth. <laughs> no, says the brother. This is all there is. This is a dark and a cosy place, and we have nothing else to do but to cling on to this cord that feeds us. But surely, the twin girl said, there must be something more than this dark place. There must be a place where there's light and freedom. But she couldn't convince her twin brother and they were silent for a long time. And then she said hesitantly, I've something else to say, but I expect you won't believe that either. But I think there's a mother out there. Her brother became angry and ridiculed her. A mother? A mother? What are you talking about? I've never seen a mother and neither have you. Who put such a silly thought in your head? This place is all there is. But don't you feel this pressure sometimes, she said to him. It is sometimes unpleasant. It's, it's even painful. Yes, he said. But what's so special about that? Well, well, the sister said, I think this pressure is there to get us ready for another place much more beautiful than this, where we will see our mother face to face. Don't you think that's just amazing? And the brother didn't answer. He was fed up with such foolish talk and he decided to ignore her, hope she'd just leave him alone. Sisters and brothers, we are plus ultra people there is something more there is something beyond made possible in Christ now some of you will have come across the phrase 
nay or non plus ultra before and some of you won't. I tried it out on Helen and she said, don't do it, Martin. Now you know she's right. <laughs> but if you go home and you look it up online, you might think that I've been spinning you a yarn all morning. Because the modern use of the phrase non plus ultra is used differently to how I've been applying it. I've been applying it in more ancient ways. Today, it's used to indicate perfection. It's effectively the statement that says in Latin, there is nothing else needed or beyond this because it's the peak, it's the summit, it's the zenith, it's the pinnacle, it's the crown, it's the ultimate. This is your absolutely mathematically impossible giving 101%, which footballers do every week. This is the only, the one and only way in which non plus ultra rather than plus ultra belongs to Christianity. For beyond Christ, there is nothing of worth. He is the image of the invisible God, writes the writer of Colossians. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. He is the way, the truth, and the life, wrote, wrote the writer of John's gospel. He is the perfect human on which to model our own discipleship. Non plus ultra. The disciples came to recognize this. At the start of a new season of following him, when we have in John and in Mark and in Luke and Matthew, this kind of hinge in the gospel, where after all this and all this and all this, suddenly we stop and Jesus says, now we're going this way. We're off. Non plus ultra. Bye. And he turns to the 12 and he says effectively, are you going to give up? Have you had enough? Is it non plus ultra for you too? Lord, they reply, whether it's AD 40, AD 90, or AD 2018, Lord, they say, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are Jesus Christ the Lord. And they realized what I urge us to hold on to today. There is no one like him or beyond him. He is the non plus ultra. So that we can be plus ultra people. To the glory of God. Taking our place in the service and the saving of the world. Let's resolve anew this new year to be those people. Amen.